Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the BU Podcast with your host, Torek Farrington. And tonight we are live with a very special guest. He's a friend and more so of a brother to me. He's a culture, he's a culture revolutionist, a public speaker, intercessor, the CEO and founder of The Revolution Project, and newly published author of The Unchurched Christian. That is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about his new book, The Unchurched Christian. Uh, the unchurched christian he's not the one and only cameron roll but he is the one and only cameron roll jr how you doing bro it's so good to have you on the podcast how you doing i think you're muted hey did you hear me yeah yes we can hear you now it is it is a privilege to be here man i'm so excited um i think i'm doing pretty good it's really good to actually be honored to be on this uh on this show this is a this is a big deal but i'm doing really well thank you for having me all right bro likewise i am so glad um that you are here so this is your first time on the podcast i've been wanting you to be on the podcast for so long but you know your book is an excuse for you to be on the podcast and more so just a just a big deal writing a book is such just you know a big deal i know from my experience it was the most hardest thing ever, and I know you had to endure what you had to endure, like writer's block and all those different things. But nevertheless, we are at the end where you are, have your book published and you're a published author. So this is your first time on the podcast, like I mentioned, and I already know, like off the dome, that this is going to be my favorite episode right here. Like you're going to be my favorite guest, hands down, because we have a brotherly connection and so on and so forth. But let's briefly talk about how we met. So... First of all, I met you, well, I didn't meet you, but I saw you um, at LCMI um, youth prayer thing, and you were you went up there to pray, and I was like, oh my gosh, he carries himself so well, speaks so well, I have to meet this guy, I have to surround myself with persons like him, and I procrastinated on that, because you know, as you know, like when I first met you at Starbucks, I'm not going to jump the story, but when I first messaged you, I was procrastinating because I had this idea of starting a, a young men's conference or something like that that didn't end up working out, okay? Y'all got to give that to me. You're not admitting that it didn't work out. Some things just don't work out. Some things God ain't just called, right? Some things are good ideas but not God ideas, right? So I had that idea. Um, I seek counsel with him. First I texted him and he's like, yeah, man, sure. Let's meet up at Starbucks, And which I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting him to be that down to earth and meet someone he's never met but you know his resume speaks for itself and um so we met we talked about um the conference and everything but we went beyond that into friendship and brotherhood the most important thing to me um i just love that i have an accountability partner or someone to support me or someone that's going to you know you don't have the best interest at heart for me and i am so glad that you um, accepted the invitation to be on this podcast, right? So, um, but from from friendship to brotherhood, you've been doing a lot of things. You've hosted a night of prayer and impartation. You've spoken at so many events. Um, you've launched the revolutionary the revolution project, hosted the revolution prayer gathering, and recently announced. The, the re- and recently re- announced the releasing of your book, The Unchurched Christian. 
and so many more you're doing this week. You have a busy week ahead of you. So tell us, how did this all begin? How did you get to this point? Um, listen, it was a journey. And I mm -hmm. would definitely um, be lying to you um, if I told you that I just, you know, obeyed all the rules in the book. Um, if it was yeah. easy. You know, because I ran a few times. I ran some more. I'm still running in some, place, in some cases. Um, but... Uh, one of uh, the uh, reasons how I got to do all of this is, you know, when you're driven by purpose and mm -hmm. you understand that, listen, I am honored for the for a reason. And there's so much things that I have to accomplish. Listen, you just do it. There were some things right. that I didn't want to do. I tell people all the time, half of the things that people see me do, I don't want to do it. Um, but the reality is when you're convinced when you are persuaded by purpose, you just do it nonetheless. And so really, one of my inspiration uh, to complete and to do all of this is really just purpose. Um, I just, I just, I know my why, I know my what, and then I accomplish it. So, but I did, honestly, I, I did not, um, I did not want to do a lot of things that you guys said it was a fight, but purpose, purpose got me right just purpose just pulled you in just and we're going to talk about right and we're going to talk about purpose later on in this episode but in 2018 you were the impact club coordinator i did my research you were the impact club coordinator for the full life outreach um center aka flow as y'all call i got that right you i got right. that right so my question to you is was this mindset of a humanitarian, philanthropist, revolutionist, and acts of service modeled or even incubated in your home and community? And how has that impacted you? Um, absolutely. Um, so I always had, um, I always was involved in youth work. I was always involved in uh, community work. Um, and I spent a lot of a lot of times and a lot of my days um, actually uh, in those type of work and environments. For me personally, um, I I have two sisters. One of my sisters, she's one year older than me. The other mm -hmm. one, she's younger. Right. So, for me, I've always had. Um, I guess I've always been in communities. Uh, with either persons in my age or persons that were younger than me. Um, I've always had that exposure. Um, mm -hmm. But I think what <clears throat> made me most passionate about it was uh, the fact that I saw that, listen, my generation, they need me, you know? And right. uh, there's so much that I can do to help them. And so as a result of seeing a need, um, and seeing a void and a deficit, I said, listen, I need to get involved in community work. I need to get involved in youth work. I need to get involved. And it wasn't just uh, church work. It was, like I said, it was uh, youth work. It was community service. Um, it was service, uh, service organizations and stuff of that sort. Um, so for me, uh, my engagement, yes, uh, my communities or my environments played a big role in it, but also I saw a need and I was like, listen, I have to help my community. I have mm -hmm. to help persons that are in my generation. That was really uh, the fuel uh, that really got me involved in, in, in most of youth work and all that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. And I know for me, 
um, you know, these types of things wasn't really modeled in my community per se, but it's like, it's harder and tougher when you, when you are trying to be what God has called you to be, but you've never seen it before, right? And so it's hard because like you really have to listen in, you really have to tune in. And I know for, for my followers on Facebook and Instagram, they see me mess up all the time. They see me um, sway off of purpose all the time. They see me um, just, quite frankly, do things just to do things, right? And so we're going to talk about purpose because you, you dabbled in that um, for a moment there before we got into this. And what is purpose is a big question that everyone in the world toils with. And you said these four components helped you with unlocking your purpose. And they are, I see, I see you posters everywhere all the time. And so I should have this written down by now, right? So, and I want you guys to write this down as well as I say this. And he most likely is going to repeat it for you, I guess. I serve. If serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. Okay, sorry, right this. Siri is listening. It's listening on my conversation. All right. I serve. If serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. I love. How you love others will always reveal the true content of your heart. I worship. The sky is not the limit. It's only the starting point when you put God first. I inspire. The moment is vain if no one's life is changed. That is so powerful. I'd like for you to go in depth or even go through with us these four powerful life-changing components that you often share. Okay, awesome. Listen, so like you said, there's so many, there's so many different talks about what service is. I mean, sorry, there's so many different talks about what purpose is and, you know, mm -hmm. um, if whether purpose is something that you discover in a moment or purpose is something that you discover over a period of time. One of the ways that um, I remember I was in a season where I wanted to know what my purpose is, right? I don't think no one in their common mind wants to be on earth and then don't know what their uh, our purpose is. And I was in a season where I was trying to discover what my purpose was. And for me, I thought that discovering my purpose um, was just basically, you know, you go to sleep, you get a little dream, and hey, right. this is my purpose. You know, I yeah. thought it was just about, you know, hey, someone prophesying to me and saying, listen, this is my purpose. And then I realized that um, the discovery of purpose, the discovery of purpose is really more a journey than it is a, a moment, right? It, it, mm -hmm. You discover it more in a journey than you would in a moment. Wow, that's powerful. And I started to look at myself and say, okay, because sometimes the reality is we can be doing purpose and not even know that we're doing it because we don't wow. fully understand um, or, or, or really have an image of what it is. And what I did was I started to I started to look at myself. I started to look at some of the things that I was doing. I started to look at my passions because one of the ways that you discover purpose is you start to evaluate uh, 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 certain places and you start to evaluate uh, certain areas of your life. And for me, I started to see I was passionate about certain things and I love to serve, right? And so mm -hmm. for me, it was in serving that I realized that, wow, this is... This is something that I love. So my my whole model that I live by um, that helps me to discover my my purpose is that if listen, 
if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Everybody wants to be a leader, but nobody wants to master the art of serving, right? Nobody wants wow. to master the art of serving. And so mm -hmm. for me, the whole thing with service came from, listen, I studied myself. Like you said, I started finding myself doing a lot of community work and serving and doing things that people would never typically do. And then that is when I realized in serving, it was in serving that I realized that, listen, hmm, this is helping me to discover what my purpose is, right? Mm -hmm. Love, I believe that love is the foundation of anything that we do. Uh, that's just me. And I found myself, the more I found myself loving people and treating people fair and being right mm -hmm. to people and doing what makes people happy, the more I also started to realize what my purpose was. Once again, I said I was on a journey and I started to uh, literally evaluate my passions and things that I was doing and what I love to do. And I just love people. That's just the reality, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And then, listen, worship. I believe that God is the foundation or he's the reason why we even do what we do, purpose. So the sky, I always tell people, the sky is not the limit. The sky is only the starting point if you put God first, right? With purpose, wow. you can be doing purpose, but without God, the sky is your limit, right? Yeah. But if you do it with God, if you do purpose with God, then the sky is not the limit. It's only the start, right? And so that is how um, I learned to worship. And then, well, I, I understood the basis of which my, which how I even received my purpose. And then mm -hmm. finally, the last part of it was um, I inspired, right? And so I believe that, listen, uh, if nobody life has changed, then I'm doing this whole thing in vain. And so I started to inspire people, encourage people, motivate people, try to help people to discover their purpose. And it was out of those four components that made me realize, listen, this is it. This is purpose. You love people, right. you worship God, uh, you serve, and then you inspire. That is what I do, that is who I am. Wow, bro, that is a word. I'm not even going to add anything onto that. I'm not even going to say any ad-libs, nothing like that, because this is your moment right here for the interview, but that is a word, bro. That is, oh my God, I am taking notes on my phone, everybody. Take notes as we go. So I want to shift here, right? And I know it's a little weird to shift from a word into this, but let's do it real quick. Let's do something, you know, let's do something unchurched, right? Let's do that. Let's plug, do that. It, it, right, it's a plug for your book. I also want to mention... That I've seen your fashion, you, you, you say fashion. I've seen your fashion sense back in the day, versus now. Doing my research, those non-prescription clear glasses. I gotta say that those were the thing back in the. I had, I had blue, I had green, I had yellow. All of those from Walmart. Okay, anything that you, any color that you could think of. Me and my cousins had those. Yeah. So I just want you to briefly talk about your fashion sense. What is the difference or what does even change about your fashion then and now? Listen, for me, um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny you ask this question because I was just online yesterday looking of, of ways to actually change my wardrobe, right? Um, right? But for me, like, I believe in simplicity, right? Um, mm -hmm. I've always believed in, in simplicity. Like, I can just put on a shirt, a normal shirt, like how, you know, you're so fresh on this live, a normal shirt, <laughs> a normal yeah. shirt and a jeans and I can be simple 
and uh, that would be I mean everybody would be complimenting me like man you look you look look really good or, or this is a really right. nice fit and I would be like this is just normal right so back right. then right my style was I guess the best way I can put it the more you like grow up the more you realize um, <laughs> yeah. you realize that you either one starting to like new things or you realize like what in the world was I wearing right right um but for me yeah. like honestly there were some things that as i grew up i just started to see more fashion come out more different clothing come out um different type of things i would wear glasses you know the glasses like we were talking about i haven't i don't yeah. know who they are to be honest but i guess <laughs> as you grow your fashion just grows with you you start to see more things that you like but back then back then <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, man, it's just I just grow with fashion to be honest. I try to be yeah. Bro, and I could truly say that you've inspired my fashion sense. I, I went into what was it? I went into H and M and I started to get well you saw what I wore at your event, the striped shirt. And I, even though I got sweaty in that because we were having a good time praising the Lord, but I just felt so like fashion is a way to like describe yourself without words mm -hmm. and, and who you are and people sadly but sometimes okay people judge you based on what you wear or you appear it's it's so powerful how you can appear different just by what you wear right and so can you tell me some of your um fashion inspirations maybe it might be a fashion person or it may be a pastor or a different celebrity or a speaker who has inspired or maybe you should just uh, you have said okay i walked into the store and i picked out this and this do you have an eye for fashion or is it usually inspired i usually have an eye for fashion um the 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 reality is um i i was always when you know pinterest is your best friend now today <laughs> yeah um, and i would go on pinterest and i would just look at you know different um different uh types of styles and fashions and really i just match it like for me h&m is an mm -hmm. amazing store i love h&m and i think they fell off you know yeah a little bit with that clothing <laughs> line but mm h&m -hmm. uh, is beautiful i love zara there's this there's one store um no i'm not gonna give i'm not gonna give you guys that one but um <laughs> there's uh, there's just so many different um uh clothing stores that i'm i'll, I'll bet you i'll give it to you persons may know it asos asos is an amazing clothing store for me um it's mm. really really is is amazing and so for me i really have an eye for fashion like for me i love to coordinate i love like designs and stuff like that and so for me it's right eye for me I, I wouldn't say so much inspiration um but it's more so just i have a really good eye for fashion that is very great to have an eye for fashion. That's very good. Well, for me, fa I recently stepped into the fashion industry by trying to piece things together for um, many of you may or may not know. I have a clothing brand called Torf. We, um, yes. we create um, streetwear luxury clothing. And fashion is a whole world in itself. And that's why I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to bring up fashion, not just to lighten the mood or to take the focus off your book, but I wanted to bring up fashion because fashion is a very a very big thing now. Even 
well, I always knew that fashion was a big thing in church. My Grammy, my Grammy might be on this live stream, but my Grammy used to wear the big hats and all of these different things. And so fashion has changed. And what I realized being in the fashion industry is this thing is a whole world. It has its, it's like, it has its own plan. Like there's a whole fashion plan and there's so many things that we don't know about fashion. But for you to have an eye for fashion, um, that is so good. And we could obviously tell that by, you know, how you came dressed today. You came dressed very laid back, not too, you know. So now, last but not least, let's talk about a little bit about your book, right? So let's talk about your book, The Unchurched Christian. Firstly, I'd like to talk about the name of the book and why you chose it because we can't talk about the book and not talk about the name. So what inspired the name The Unchurched Christian and why did you choose it? How did this name come about in your mind? The Unchurched Christian is such a profound name, a powerful name. It spoke a thousand words to me even before I read your book. I didn't even read the book yet. I'm going to buy the book, but it just spoke so much words to me. And I want to know what inspired the name and why did you choose the name? Uh, oh, man. That is an a, a easy yet hard question. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to, to answer that without giving away the full details of my book. Um, but the reality... Try the best you can. You know, we want people to buy the books. Try the best you can. <laughs> uh, the reality is um, what inspired the name of the book. Well, first, I knew that this book title was going to catch the eyes of men, right? Not right. only you think, you would think about the church Christian. Right, right. That's but the normal thing. Church Christian. Hmm. What is it all about? What really inspired me was when I realized that there are a lot of Christians that are out there. A lot of Christians that believe in God. That you know they have a, a great desire for the things of God. Mm -hmm. That are not church. Um, they don't sound like. Now I grew up in church all my life, so they call me a church boy. Right? Yeah. But they don't sound like a typical church Christian. Um, they don't do uh, the things that, you know, they may not do all of the things that we do, but mm -hmm. these are persons that love the Lord. These are persons that are saved, that have a great desire for God. Um, and they are saved. And what has happened is we have labeled people that do not look, that do not sound like us. We have somewhat labeled them as not being Christians, but they're really unchurched. They're just not church. Right. Um, and so that's what really inspired the book. When I saw a group of persons that were either rejected or persons that did not um, really fit the typical church mold, um, mm -hmm. But they loved God, they were saved, and I was like, hmm, let me minister to this crowd of people. Mm -hmm. And bro, I, I just want to profess my love for books right now, because I have a lot of books on my book stand right now, but I'm going to buy your book. Um, the reason why I'm so in love with books is because you could capture a 40-year-old person's life in just 300 pages. You could capture um, your experience and your analysis on church christians and just religion at hand just in maybe 100 pages 200 pages 300 pages and i love that i don't have the experiences all by myself and so reading just gives me um not really just a bypass through life but what to expect or read about someone else's life or gain some more knowledge 
And bro, I'm definitely gonna buy your book. And I wanna implore and just inspire and motivate people on this live stream to pick up a copy of the unchurched Christian when he releases, right when he releases, blow up his phone. Cameron, where is my book? I want my book, okay? Or, you know, wherever books are sold. Um, but let me ask you another question. When most people talk about church, when most people talk about church or even their experience with church, they always firstly mention the churched Christians. Like, for, for all of you I've encountered who don't go to church or just don't really mess with this God thing, they always say, well, I've been to church, and let me tell you my experience with the church Christians. And, how, and they always talk about the church Christians and how they made them feel. Why do you think talking about the unchurched Christians, discipling them, and discussing where they fit in the church is often taboo in the church? I think, for what I personally feel, that the church um and i won't i won't classify the whole church but just for the sake of what we're talking about uh i think the church church we really lack verbiage and we lack understanding on how to deal with persons that do not look like us that do not sound like us so because like i started to say maybe this person <clears throat> is not on a microphone right Right. Um, but this person has been called to politics or this person mm -hmm. has been called to another industry. We don't know how to deal with them. Uh, as a matter right. of fact, we blacklist them and we throw them in the corner. Um, and so the issue, one of the reasons why um, topics on unchurched people is so um, it is it is taboo or you don't hear about it um, or whatever the case may be is because we honestly, and I have to class myself with it because I'm a part of the church, we honestly, we lack language, we lack verbiage, we lack uh, 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 context and content on how to deal with people that don't look like us. Persons right. that they don't have an interest for being on a microphone. Um, they want to turn the world upside down from another area, another arena. Um, and so people don't talk about it is because they are not learned on the subject. Um, and we just want to, or if I, and I may just get bashed for this, that's okay. But we that's just okay. want to make everybody churched. But we right. are not doing a good job with making people. The church is a totally different. Um, you can be churched and not be the church. Um, but so th that's just the issue that we're facing today. We're trying to make people churched, but we don't want to make them the church. And it's a totally difference. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a total difference, but I'll just rest at there. Just a moment of silence for that word. Just need to give some of the viewers to comprehend that. Wow, that is so good. That, that is a great explanation um for the unchurched christians and I, and i am so excited to get the book to read more about it and learn more about it and how can we be the church right um the reason why this book is so important to me again and why this question in particular that i just asked you was important to me is because i have a lot of family members who have you know like all of us lived a sinful life and want better for their life and so they come into church and they feel misplaced they feel unheard unseen like what do i do 
you know, and in in most cases, sometimes they're a little bit fragile because they're like, this person um, hurt me and we call that church hurt. And so it was very important to me um, to discuss this so that I can um, relay the message um, once I've read the book. So I'm gonna ask you another question pertaining to the church as well um, and unchurched Christians. From what you've encountered, what is the number one, from what you've encountered, what is the number one reason some people don't desire to be a part of the church? Oh man, this is, this is, this is, a, I love these questions. You, you got me, you got me, you're in my, you're in my area. One of the reasons why persons uh, do not, um, and, and I talk about this in the book, um, I talk about how, um, I talk about how I have had encounters, Tori, with many persons. Um, I have journeyed with a lot of persons that do not want to um, be a part of the church, right? And I would right. sit down and I would ask them, and I would say, hey, what is your reason that you do not want to be a part of the church? You do not want to uh, be a part of this God stuff. And most of the responses, Tori, that I've received from persons is the stigma and the demands of having to look, wow. having to sound, having to dress, having to appear. A churchy um, has turned them away completely, right? Also, a lot of persons have said that they do not want to be attached to the mindset of slavery that sometimes comes along with it now get me help me let, let me just clear this up right in this mm -hmm. christianity there is no slavery right uh, uh paul tells us he said it's for christ that we are free and we are no longer slaves right but mm -hmm. one of the reasons is that we are trying to conform people right to our preferences instead wow. of trying to call people to be conformed to look like Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And so because maybe, let's just say, um, hey, I don't like this, um, what do you, I don't even know what I have on. I don't like this hoodie thing that you have, right? Because yeah. you don't like it, you now make it a preference and tell people that it is wrong, right? And so wow. that is what you do. And so instead of you teaching people to look like Jesus, you teach people how to look like what you like. And so people are not going to subject themselves to preferences that cannot be justified in the context of the Bible. People are not going to subject themselves um, to a system that is going to enslave them. So just to bring it back home, one of the reasons why a lot of persons do not want to be a part of this God stuff this church stuff is because they refuse to um to to be a part of persons that just look a certain way that just appear a certain way that just sound a certain way they don't want to do all of that kind of stuff they don't want to jump up and spin around maybe they just want to hallelujah they just want to be silent you know and right so that, that would be one of the reasons Bro, that is so good. And I'm going to clip this after this and I'm going to put this on Instagram because that is the most um, correct, accurate and paddleable version. You know, it, it is 
it is easy for people who don't even know about church or they don't want to join the church or even the people who go to church but they're just the unchurched Christians to be able to digest that bro that is like this is genius and that's why I told y'all that just the title alone the unchurched Christian withdraw people in because it's always the title of the book well, I know for me as well, and um, when I go into bookstores that draw me in to buy the book. And I believe that, bro, people who aren't even Christians, people who are against Christianity, I believe that they will even pick up this book because how digestible the, inf digestible the information is that you just gave us just now and that I believe that is going to be in the book. You know, I'm um, not saying that we're trying to um, down Christianity or anything or be a lukewarm Christian, but just to put it on a level or just even just meet people where they're at in that moment and season. And it's like churchy Christians and unchurchy Christians and people that don't want to be a part of the church could even read in this book and take part in what you're doing. But, um, bro, before we end this, I want you to tell the people um, how can they pick up a copy of your book, The Unchurched Christian? Awesome. So let me let me first say this. Um, this book, and you started to touch it, this book is for anybody. If you are churched, this book is for you. If you are unchurched, this book is for you. If you are saved, this book is for you. If you are unsaved, this book is for you. Um, the beautiful thing is, well, this is going to be the first place uh, that I actually release this information, um, but uh, my book launch is actually uh, scheduled um, for the 31st of August. The 31st of August is the book launch, and I will be doing book signing and all of that information um, and all of that beautiful stuff. So that is on next week, Saturday, um, I will be launching my book. However, if you uh, won't be at the launch or you cannot make it to the launch, there will be two opportunities. There will also be an opportunity for uh, maybe drop-offs um, that can be coordinated. Um, if you would like to just, you know, you can't make it to the launch, but hey, you know, I really want the book. Could you drop it off to me or can we meet somewhere? Uh, we can actually coordinate that as well. Um, like I said, I do feel this is a book um, that everybody should have. Um, it doesn't matter what category you are in because the reality is simply this, right? God is raising up an army of people um, that do not look, sound, or even carry the language of a church Christian, right? These are persons that the Lord is either sending into the mountains of culture, whether he's sending them into um, business. He's sending them into education. He's sending them into arts and, arts and entertainment. He's sending them into politics. There's a group of people that the Lord is raising up to be the church, but yet to go into uh, the different mountains, the different systems of culture, and to infiltrate the culture. And so if you feel, listen, that I lack, I'm not, maybe I'm not churchy. Maybe I didn't grow up in church. I have a great love for the Lord. Um, I want to do this God thing. 
um, if that is you, listen, the book is for you. If you've been saved all your life and you are church and you want to learn how to be the church and not just be church. Now, let me just explain that. When I talk about being church, I'm talking about a look, um, uh, what you have to do to look church or, you know, if you don't speak in tongues or if you don't do this or if you're on a microphone or if you're on a pulpit, then you're not, you know, that's how they class you. Um, but being churched, we were never called to be churched. We were called to be the church. And in my book, I talk about the difference and how you can be the church um, and move away or walk away from being church, which is just a look. Being the church has everything to do with solutions and looking like Christ. Um, but being the church has a, being churched has everything to do with just a typical uh, look on the outside or an appearance or an image of that sort and so yes if you want to copy july 31st uh you can message me on my facebook page we can coordinate if you get a book that will be a book launch if you want to be there if you want to be in the building if you want to sign copy um you can also send me a message okay wow that is so good i am so excited that you chose this platform to release the launch date of your book on that august 31st you said yes the 31st of of, of july sorry i think i said august but i meant july sorry okay next the week's 31st of july wow next week i will be at the book launch y'all so please make do to come to this book launch grab the copy of the unchurched christian thank you so much bro um for coming on my podcast and on stream with me it has been such a good conversation to have with you you know, this time at least shared with the people, of course. And I just acknowledge the gift and the light you are in our country, the Bahamas, and even the world at large. And so y'all make sure y'all grab a copy of the Unchurched Christian that is released on the 31st of July, that is. And make sure y'all hit him up, go and follow him on Instagram and Facebook at Cameron Roll Jr. I think your Instagram is something else. Uh, it's Cameron J. Roll. Cameron J. Roll. Thank you so much, bro, for coming. And I'll see everybody soon. Oh, I, I also forgot to mention that I'll be interviewing Cameron again when I have already read the book. And it's going to be so many other thorough questions that you'll get to be um, answered. If you have the book or even if you don't have the book, we're not going to be a spoiler for you the next interview. But I'm so excited for the second interview, bro. And see y'all. Peace.